Space Fuckers, Chapter 1, What's Long and Hard and Full of Spacemen? Lieutenant William Pocatello was having a bad day. The feeble orgasm from that morning's jack had led quickly to a feeling of spiritual thinness. Next, he found that the only smoothie mix he had left was groatberry-flavored. Finally, after seeing on his hollow tab that his crew was scheduled for a three-day patrol in the outer rim, he scrolled down to a message with the subject line, You have been nominated for a FRIP inquiry. Details inside. William's heart sank. He'd only just graduated. He was getting to know his first crewmates. He was too young to have a page on FRIP search. Now, with his ship on autopilot in the distant reaches of the galaxy, his mind was far from the dangers of the abyss. What are you waiting for, Pocatello? Commander Gavel's voice snapped William out of his sulking. Samson Gavel was a good man, but stern, a veteran of the Octoplex invasion. He was to be obeyed swiftly and precisely. Nothing, sir. The Z-13 Nova Hopper and its crew of four had reached Gleesa 1440C. The thin atmosphere, a remnant of its aborted terraforming, clung to the planet's desert gray. Outlined red by William's heads-up display, a moon loomed in the planet's shadow. The mission was routine. Scan the interstellar neighborhood for any evidence of octoplex activity. It was also a training mission. No one had seen the octoplex in almost 20 years. He began plotting a course that would bring them to rest at L.5, a zone of equilibrium between the two celestial bodies from which they could scan the area. Perhaps if he fudged the numbers just right, they'd swing towards the planet's surface and explode before anyone knew what was happening, before they could make him a card-carrying Fripp once and for all. The Fripp Affairs Council's efficiency was matched only by its ruthlessness in laying bare of Fripp's secrets. Each and every personal failure, physical and mental, was detailed in short essays with relevant primary sources. The database was littered with pages tinted yellow for those who quit fleet in shame, Red, for those driven mad and discharged, and blue, for those who committed suicide. William's brothers and father had always called him a Fripp. On some level, he believed them. Still, nothing had prepared him for the possibility of his impending official membership. Why him? No one outside of the council knew the selection process. They targeted admirals and grease monkeys alike. Sir, we have an SOS from the planet's surface. Beat-up Smith sounded perplexed. William had been lucky in his assignment. He knew both Beat-up Smith, communications, and Heinrich Wong, sensors and countermeasures, from the Academy party circuit. Decent enough types. Not that it would matter if the Fripp inquiry went sour. Get the coordinates. Pocatello, you take her down gently. It was not unusual to receive an SOS from a planet in the Outer Rim. Entire colonies had been evacuated in a matter of hours when the Octoplex arrived. Others were left to fend for themselves. Central Command could not keep track of those who had been left behind. The distress beacons were still operating 20 years later, 
though the inhabitants were long dead. Some were massacred by the invaders. Some were left to wither, their terraforming machines running out of fuel, the planet slowly returning to infertile stasis. Nevertheless, politicians, kowtowing to their bleeding heart constituencies, passed a bill dictating that each and every SOS be examined promptly. To the men and women of the fleet, it was just a waste of fuel. William received coordinates from Heinrich and plotted a new course to the surface of Gliese 1440C. He had always found planetary expeditions tedious, but he was glad for the delay in their mission. Every hour on the job was another hour between him and the beginning of his hearings. The crew undressed in silence, preparing to slap on their exosuits. BDAP was a wiry little man. He was a decade older than most of the cadets in their class, including Heinrich and William. He had a mysterious aura about him that no amount of social drinking had ever stripped down. His past was a complete mystery to his peers. His schlong lay coiled in his camo briefs like a cobra, absorbing the sun's last rays. Heinrich had let himself go in the past few months. William heard that he was having girl problems, but the two of them weren't close enough for William to ask. Heinrich's abs were usually shredded enough to grate cheese. Now they were covered in a layer of blubber. His body was a macrocosm of the chubby-wubby in his tidy whities Samson Gavel was in peak physical condition for a man of 49. His rippling flesh was salt and peppered with thick fur and crisscrossed with purple scars. He was a combat veteran. He had cut his teeth 20 years before in orbit around Wolf 314, back when the octoplex were slicing through Earth's forces like a beryllium composite blade through lithium butter. Those weeks of madness when humanity glimpsed the frothy maw of doom lived on in his demeanor. How many comrades had he seen obliterated by octoplex photon beams in the cold void of space? How many had he seen smothered by their slimy tentacles and liquefied in the trenches of Terminus Minor? How many had he been forced to gun down himself, their minds turned fratricidal by alien parasites? Jessica? Come help me. What are you doing? I have all these knives and nowhere to put them. Why don't you leave those for Cook and we can go shoot some pool? I have one idea for where they go. Don't... don't make me do this! You're being silly. Just come closer, then it'll all make sense. He made sure that his squadron was combat-ready at all times. William could tell that his pool of despair was just as deep as his pool of courage. Similarly deep were his balls, which dangled visibly just below the left sleeve of his boxer shorts. The crew finished putting on their exosuits and strapped in for the descent. As the planet's surface grew large, the monolithic terraforming machine came into view, swallowed by vines from the forest it once helped birth. Sir, I'm getting massive life-form readings, much heavier than should be coming from these scattered forests. William looked over at Heinrich. His visor was up and he was staring through his analysis goggles, calibrating his xenoscopics. Smith, better get on the horn to Central Command. Let him know we're taking a stroll. There was a hint of nervous energy in the commander's voice. I sir. William gazed upon the planet with new wonder. Perhaps they would find some long-lost colonists down on Gliese 1440C. 
Perhaps they would become renowned for their discovery. Perhaps William's Fripp inquiry would be cancelled altogether. The politicians who had passed the Outer Rim Distress Beacon Act couldn't let the hero they were waiting for become a Fripp, could they? The Ember of Hope was alive in his heart. A coil of green lightning leapt from the forest below. Jinxed it. The electric braid arced wickedly through the stratosphere, curving towards the ship. <laughs> A collective gasp over the intercom. Bolt engulfed them in a green glow. Control panels burst like popcorn. William's heads-up display went blank. The primary boosters shrieked, then choked out a death rattle. The green glow dissipated as the ship entered an uncontrolled freefall, spun wildly by a misfiring rocket. As William scrambled to reprogram the secondary boosters for emergency use, torso pressed into his seat by the extreme G's. The commander barking orders he didn't hear. Lisa 1440C's surface growing closer with each sickening spin. He remembered with a cold prick that what had qualified him to pilot this craft was not his test scores, but the fact that he totally fucked Major Benson Raw in a 20-minute squirt fest at the end of his evaluation period. Hold phaser bank 14. Retro ignition sequence alpha gamma. I want those gimbals back online stat. Cruise control. Cruise control. Butter up those fucking engines. Hold her steady, goddammit. Protocol 4 shall take my gold my Bakersfield Perry. I want those boosters tethered to the vortex field right now. He had obsessed over the seams in her uniform, the side seams on her skirt that collected lint which she plucked like a bird preening her feathers, the defective seam under her left arm which she often pulled at, a pouty frustration on her face, her massive breasts trembling, William hoping against hope for them to spill over like the rapids on Oblique Prime during the typhoonoid season. No, he did not see it coming. She was not impolite, but she was cold. 
She was saving her attention and her sweet-ass body for a man of a higher caliber. William was no stranger to love, but his seed only ever spackled the pretty faces and plundered cabooses of the naive, the desperate, and the willing to please. Major Benson was in a class beyond. Worse, he could tell she was unimpressed with his performance. He wanted to pound her aloof pussy into oblivion. So she caught him by surprise. He sat in her plain office, waiting as she checked off items on the final evaluation form, trying to think of a scathing double entendre to leave her contemplating. His mind was still blank when she checked the final box. William Pocatello, I hereby find you acceptably qualified to fulfill the duties of the rank of lieutenant. Finishing her formal declaration, the Major looked him in the eyes. I'm going to recommend you for freighter class crewmanship. William kept himself from clenching his jaw. The way his evaluation had gone, he expected as much. Hearing it out loud, however, crystallized all of his sour thoughts. Would you like to know why? He would not give her the pleasure. It's obvious, isn't it, sir? My diplomatic intuition scores below the index mean, my weapons hot discipline is lacking, my emergency engineering and rerouting is sloppy, and my evasive maneuvering and combat styles, though generously noted as unique, are disruptive to unit cohesion. He had not wanted to show his frustration, but, as he finished, he realized that his face was flush with color. His father was right all along. William was the runt of the litter. A real goddamn frip. His older brothers Vance and Leslie were already gaining renown in the ranks of the combat pilots. He would be towing industrial waste to uninhabited moons while they were competing for Mega Blaster. Major Benson put on a peculiar grin and flipped her hair to the side, sending a flutter through her cleavage. Well said, Lieutenant, but that's not the whole truth. She placed a lock of hair behind her ear. I earn this rank because I'm the best talent scout in the academy. On paper, you're suited to be a long-haul, MRE-munching junk jockey. At this point, that's how I'd recommend you. She displayed her idiosyncratic pout. Poor boy. She opened a desk drawer, took out a makeup kit, and applied crimson lipstick to her tender lips. She took her time, content to leave him hanging. The little red rod slowly circled her lips, her moist, round lips. William wondered if she liked to be bitten, if she liked to be bitten hard, if she liked to feel drops of blood roll down her chin. She smoothed her lips together. But there's some kind of spark in you, I can tell. She put away the makeup and returned her gaze to William. My instinct compels me to question whether some true potential might show under the right circumstances. The Major pushed herself back from her desk. Sir? An extracurricular evaluation. William kept her in his sights as she walked around the desk to her twin potted ficus trees, closed the window blinds, and turned back toward him. What are we doing, sir? She fiddled with the seam that ran under her breasts, the one that set her blouse apart from all other standard-issue fleet blouses. Physical evidence that a government tailor had once spent a happy moment measuring Major Benson's bust. 
she tugged swiftly and the whole affair came undone. The dull gray fabric of the blouse sailed off, and Eclair Benson's triumphant bombas slept forth to claim their rightful place. Each breast a teardrop, held restlessly under a pearly finish, crowned with a violet spur. Veins, faint under the surface, seemed to William River Deltas, promising a new bounty with each rise and fall of breath. He silently named them grace and retribution before looking back up. We are going to water the plants now, little Billy. William's penis sprang up against his trousers like a prank snake against a bunkmate's unsuspecting face. He hunched over in a vain attempt to conceal the bulge. Come, come, she insisted with a hypnotic finger flourish. William rose timidly, his cock pushing stiffly against his trousers like some alien incubation, ready to burst forth from its host. For the first time, he noticed the Major's smile, broad, gentle, welcoming. Closer, she chided, like a mother coaxing her son into the deep end of the pool. Suddenly, she grabbed his protruding penis and pulled him onto her, his face pressed between her own and the ficus leaves. Now, get down on your knees and give this kitten her tongue bath. With the strength of a combat veteran, she pushed down on his shoulders, pushed him within licking distance of the coveted snatch. Slowly, the Major drew up her skirt to reveal delicate tan lace. William salivated like a dog under the dinner table. Unclipping her garters, she pulled her panties down, down over her mighty hips, down over the downy hairs of her mons pubis down over her thighs, and let them drop to her ankles. She stepped out from her underwear and guided William's hands around her waist, her heat radiating on his cheeks, her aroma filling his nostrils. He was taken back to the summers of his youth spent spice farming in the humid heat of Zatlon's twin sons. <clears throat> the Major reached to the back of his head and pressed his face snugly into her cooter. He took one deep, nostalgic breath, feeling he could die in those soft pubes, and then got down to business. His tongue crept forth out of his ravenous mouth. Finding the tail end of her crevasse, it rolled back home, parting her smooth, meaty lips like a friendly skiff plying a restful sea, the good sailor having paid his respects to the proper gods. Reaching the clitoris, he paused, still in partial disbelief, then continued lapping her up, slow and thorough. Eclair ran her fingers through his hair and moaned in soft surrender. Mm, fuck. Emboldened, he pressed on, harder and faster. Eclair's breath deepened and her juices flowed. William's tongue was like a surfer on a pussy wave. Wanting to get a little freaky, he decided to give her a lashing. Blam, bam, 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 he thought, as he delivered three sloppy strikes to her labia. The Major's gentle caress immediately turned into a painful grip as she yanked back his head and slapped him across his stupid face. Quit fucking around, Lieutenant. Uh, yes, sir. Major Benson sighed and let go of his hair, 
William's stomach sank. Had he dropped the ball? Eclaire stuck her arms through the ficus leaves to the wall, leaned back, wrapped one stocking-clad leg around his neck, and guided him back to her fertile crescent. Give that pearl polish. William returned to the promised land with renewed humility. He planted a kiss on her clit, a knight swearing fealty to his queen, then curled his tongue under her hood and began to compose a love letter on its surface. Slow, with dirty precision. Gee, I sure do like your pussy. That's the way, Billy. You are the hot... He started over. You are the sexiest woman I know. The engorged tip of William's tongue slid back and forth, round and round, in a slow, aching dance, seeming to exchange an electric charge wherever it touched. He felt the clitoris swell and push back, reaching for more. Still, he baited the cloaked lady. Hello? Hello, coy mistress. Biting her lip, Eclair threw her head back and squealed with delight. She rolled her hips, her clitoris now moving in harmony with William's tongue. Oh, fuck yeah. yeah, you have great tits. This time, it was she who began to pick up speed, groaning and grinding, her clitoris now ballooning out past its hood, almost accusatory. Losing his epistolary focus, William resorted to simply writing her name again and again. Eclair. 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 Content with this romantic gesture, he allowed himself to be transported to a faraway, blissful plane where he remained until he realized that he was in pain because the Major's crotch was working his face like steel wool working a pan. Hey. She plunged his mouth back into her nether parts. Hey, quick question. She removed her leg with a sigh. Fuck! Before he could plead his case, she pulled him up and started ripping off his uniform. Take off those goddamn boots, Lieutenant. They stripped him in a flurry of flying gray attire and shaking leaves. Finished. Nude. William trembled as he awaited the inevitable. The Major pressed her naked flesh against his, their bodies forming the bread slices of a titty and wang sandwich. The Major's embrace once again turned harsh as she grabbed the back of William's hair with her left hand and squeezed his jaw open at the pressure points with her right. Stick out your tongue. He obeyed. Taking it into her mouth, she sucked it lovingly. She licked his lips with the same slow circles she had painted her own. Mmm, fuck. That's some tasty pussy juice. If I do say so myself. She grabbed his ass and then drew her fingers lightly up his chiseled back to the base of his neck. He tucked his hands deep under her cheeks. Their faces flush, their eyes dilated their hearts beating against each other through the medium of mammary glands. They kissed. Her soft, red, luscious lips pressed into his. Their tongues got super sexy together, dancing like worms of Zizix during the rut. Placing her hands on his shoulders, 
She hopped up on him like a little girl greeting Daddy at the end of the school day. She squeezed him between her thighs as his arms suspended her cheeks an inch above his cock, reaching up toward Glory. With a final smirk and a peck on the cheek, Eclair successfully blind-docked their pudenda. <gasps> they each inhaled sharply. She shimmied her way down his pole, her hard nipples tickling his chiseled chest, wet pussy folds massaging the fuck out of his dick. They let slip little squeaks over the course of her descent, like revelers waiting for the ball to drop on tri-solstice eve. Attaining a full sheath, they cried out in simultaneous ecstasy. <gasps> the Major leaned over to William's ear. Welcome to the rodeo. With that, her hips started up again like a locomotive, piston churning in and out. Wanting to repost the Major's verbal assaults, William briefly considered calling her a sex machine before thinking better of it. He admired the beauty of her cadence while his penis enjoyed the charms of her vagina. Finding some of his pluck, he growled. Oh, you make me so fucking hard. Eclair's vag muscles suddenly contracted, milking William's eager shaft even harder. The unforeseen pussy hug nearly made him lose his grip, but he found his footing and righted himself. The major continued her pussy popping, unaffected. That's sweet of you, young Willie, but if you come before me, I'll pull rank in this very office. Scrutinizing his face, she squeezed his downstairs trombone once more and, the cross-eyed, he soldiered on. Good. Good. Her serpentine thrusts picked up speed once again. William examined her face as she winced and smiled and yelped, conveying her yonic poetry. His soul ached in the face of the beauty before him as the pussy juice dripped off his balls. Writhing and swallowing up his engorged flesh, her vag called to him again and again with its siren's massage. As William watched, Eclair's face froze in seeming epiphany. Her lips silently formed a few syllables, then once again as her pace quickened. Again and again she mouthed her silent prayer until it became audible. Ow, fuck! The volume of the refrain intensified with the speed of her sway. William's balls cried out for sweet release, his whole undercarriage aflame, but he kept his orgasm at bay. Ow, fuck! She cried, fucking the ever-loving shit out of his dick. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. She gripped him firmly and rose, seemingly propelled by the liquid which her pussy now blasted at his upturned prick like a Federation fire brigade suppressing a Martian labor protest. William stood in awe as Eclair shivered against his body, one tit resting on either shoulder, fingers gripping his chiseled scalp. Oh, fuck. She finished, her twitching subsiding. She patted his back and dismounted. She turned around and examined the ficus trees. Her juice was dripping from the leaves, darkening the carpet and the potted soil. She shook her head. 
That's not enough nourishment to sustain my trees. I'm such a naughty little plant mommy. Without looking back, she unzipped her skirt, cast it down, stuck her arms out and leaned forward, her front half partly disappearing in a rustle of leaves. William beheld the sight. Her arched back offered up her rear ends like a divine gift resting on the pedestal of her legs, set together as a single, curvy column. The soft luster of the stockings and the garter belt framed her perfectly spankable cheeks. Inset between these, fine dark hair rose from the knoll of her pussy and parted to reveal two lips, shiny and wet. You may fuck me again, William. Grasping her hips, he obliged his superior. The delicious embrace of her pleasure pocket once again greeted his slap-happy peen. The reunion drawing exclamations of joy from man and woman alike. Pulling back on her, he drilled deep, his thighs rebounding against her firm buttocks, balls walloping her hoo-ha. Gaining momentum, he began to hear that familiar mantra through the rustling leaves. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Fuck yeah, bitch. Sorry. Fuck yeah, lady. As she reached the breaking point, he felt something inside her swell against him. Oh, fuck, son of a bitch! The ballooning within forced out his slippery dick as she skunked him with naughty nectar. He stared in fascination as her vulva protruded and flexed, cascading fluid from some indeterminate place as her butthole winked thirstily. He could not help but remember the videos he had watched in school of Ionian water snakes devouring their prey whole with their muscular, toothless mouths. And for a moment, he was glad that his penis had escaped unharmed. Eclair's legs trembled violently as she caught her breath, still squirting hither and thither. Most of this load ended up on the carpet. Apparently, the Major did not have a green thumb. An excellent performance so far, Lieutenant, but I need one more round from you. William's mind had been consumed with the thought of his vulnerable ding-a-ling digested hole, but now that her pussy had cooled its jets, it seemed no longer the mouth of a deadly serpent, but that of a friendly dog, panting and drooling, ready to play. When he inserted himself for the third time, he felt a tremor rock the Major's body. You now have permission to- Oh! She opened her mouth once more as if to give further instructions, but she was speaking in tongues as he fucked her senseless. William finally gave into the warmth emanating from his taint. It spread up his spine and down his legs until his whole body felt like one giant, euphoric rocket dong. And finally, release. Almost too intense to be pleasant, he made farm animal noises and shook as if taken by a seizure, 
jizzing by the dollop. Eclair joined him instantaneously, and soon her indignant pussy kicked his deadbeat dick to the curb, both of them still spurting fitfully into the air. For a minute, the room sounded like the scene of a tragic accident, the victims wailing as their bodies slowly failed, awed in the presence of the true face of death. Slowly, the lovers composed themselves. Major Benson turned to William. Well done, Lieutenant. You're dismissed. It ended almost as abruptly as it began. He dressed himself and left the office in emotional turmoil, feeling as if it had all been a dream, still worrying about his post-graduation assignment. But, sure enough, two weeks later, he received the pre-recorded hollow congratulation for combat pilot program initiates, courtesy of Eclair Benson's unorthodox appraisal. Now, as he initiated a makeshift booster sequence 2,000 feet above the surface of Gliese 1440C, he hoped against hope that her instincts had been true. Space Fuckers is written, produced, and narrated by Simon Jabal with huge contributions from various perverts, most of whom will remain anonymous. Stay tuned on future chapters and buy merchandise at spacefuckerspodcast.com, on Instagram at spacefuckerspodcast, or on Twitter at spacefuckerspod. If you made it this far, thank you and I'm sorry. <laughs>